the first law of Ivanova's hair. Doesn't make any sense. Do the IMDb corner because oh, good grief. Look, do you know what it's like when telepaths make love? You and I being of firm New England stock understand yes. what it means to be emotionally bound up. This might be my adult brain. Look at you being all judgy. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. I generally want uh, less Jack the Ripper. I should probably just cut all of this. The dutiful master of horse. Brain, brain, what is brain? Oh, I'm sorry. Suck it, DS9. I'm full of tiny vorlons. Cougar for Cocoa Puffs. Don't step to me with Bionic Bigfoot, man. I think I've had enough of you. I shall sail into the west and remain Garibaldi. What's she gonna look like with a chimney on her? Episode 100, The Tragedy of Telepaths, in which Byron's telepaths take a desperate stand and Jakara finds an old friend on the Centauri homeworld. From the celebration department here at Pod Dome, this is the name of the pod. This is the name of the pod. The Babylon 5 podcast in which we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program, Babylon 5. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co-host, Chris Tatro. Yo! Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Chris. Uh, You know, folks, today, uh, not only are we going to be talking about Babylon 5 as always, but we're going to be discussing the ongoing cultural legacies of the 2010s. Uh, Babylon 5 podcast, the name of the pod, because it is yes. our 100th episode. Yeah. We're going to get recursive AF here. <laughs> exactly. Recursive? Recursive? Recursive. recursive. I'm, yeah. I'm going to cut that. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to... Yeah, we're not even... What are we? One minute and four, and already can, we're... Can, can we start again? Yes. <laughs> Go back yes. to the gathering. Just start again. That's a great idea. Let's ignore the last 12 episodes of this season five and just start going backwards and see if we see if the show makes more sense going backwards than it does going forwards now don't don't at me don't 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 email me uh i'm just playing um so we asked listeners for some questions we're going to get to them i've got some questions for chris as well um Uh you know just just to have a little fun right Mm -hmm. um but uh, before we get going, we're recording this uh, just a few days after uh, the the passing of our mascot. Yes, yes, and and those of you, most of you have probably many of you seen this on Facebook. Um, for those of you who haven't, um, our our unofficial third chair, Max right. the cat, right? Uh, long may he meow. Uh, has has unfortunately um, passed on Friday um, a couple days ago. Uh, he was 18. His kidneys were really not in good shape, but he was in terrific kind of spirits. Very you know, very you know, walking around, very snugly. Lost a lot of weight, but still mm-hmm. you know, still up and at him uh, until like a couple of days before when he just stopped eating and you know he was just struggling to carry himself around it was a tough call it always is those of you who have pets know yeah uh, how tough it can be Um, and uh, but you know not wanting to see him suffer anymore it was clear that he had taken a a precipitous dive uh, in 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 condition so uh, so that was that was that and it's been very quiet here (laughs) the last couple of days um, but I did want to say thank you to everyone who commented or even just, you know, sent a reaction through Facebook one way or the other. Um, thank you so much. It, it meant a huge amount to, to me, to, to both of us, mm-hmm. um, to, to John and I, to my wife and I. Yep. Um, you know, to, 
to just know that there's there's these hundreds of people out there whom we've we've never met and right. we've, we've exchanged you know some comments on Facebook and that kind of thing, um, but who you know who were were, were touched uh, by Max's presence as well and right. and uh, um, and who enjoyed kind of having him around in the background uh, from time to time and uh, and so so honestly sincerely thank you everyone um, it's it's you know in lining up with the 100th episode you know sort of the the overall thoughts it's it's just incredibly humbling to me that that John and I sit here you know every week and just spew nonsense into these microphones <laughs> um, we started this thing really more as as kind of an excuse to 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 stay in touch more often yeah that's right um, that's right I, you know more than more than for having anything profound to say about Babylon 5 it was like hey we, we loved that show back in the 90s and hey we've got this great name for a podcast well, right buy a microphone let's do this yeah exactly uh, and and here we are a hundred episodes later and you know there are there are hundreds of people who who listen to this right. and we are incredibly grateful for that um and you know and, and and thankful that you're that you've stuck around this long you keep listening and that apparently we're saying something of value to you and that you enjoy right these words coming out of our mouths um i don't know why but you do and, and right thank you right yeah totally uh so many of the comments on the facebook page were just extremely you know, extremely moving. You know, I'm 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 reading. You know, Jerry Vogler's. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to Max on. You yeah. know, on on this most re- you know the most recent episode I was listening to. Extraordinary, mm-hmm. right? And uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Richard Turner. You know, saying then you will see him again in a place where no shadows fall. I'm like, oh, I can't be reading this at work. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're killing yeah. me. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's not even my cat. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Extraordinary. He was a, uh, uh, you know, it's a reminder that you just never know what's going to land with people, right? You and know, cats, <laughs> they're, they're popular on podcasts, I guess. You never know. Right, um, right. So, yeah. But anyway, again, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm deeply grateful for your, your sentiments, your sympathies. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm sorry that he couldn't be here until the end to, to give us one last howl. Uh, as as we wrap the podcast, uh, you know, eleven or twelve episodes from now, right? Uh, however long it is, right? But um, yeah, we'll um, we'll always have the back episodes, and I'll go through and probably dig out some yowls to edit in here and there with right. the Max soundboard, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so on with the show. Yes. Okay. Um, so tragedy of telepaths. My first question mm-hmm. to you, Chris. Tragedy of telepaths. What should the collective noun for telepaths actually be? Um, a tragedy doesn't doesn't land for me. Well, it, it works with this um, in this context. Yes, it works it does. With, with how telepaths are presented. How these particular you know non psychor telepaths are presented within right. the Babylon Five universe. Right. Um, I would say, um, do we want to call them uh, an Xavier of telepaths? Oh, is that is a little too yes. on the nose? Yeah, I quite um, like that. Uh, maybe a, a melding of telepaths. Ooh, I like I like a melding even better. A melding, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking a clarity of telepaths. Sure. Yeah, okay. I like that. Uh, I didn't offer an Xavier. I offered a Bester mm-hmm. of telepaths. Okay, but, sure. But that yeah. felt a little dark, and a Chekhov of telepaths, which felt just a little kind of confused. 
Yeah, I feel like Chekhov was often on the wrong end of telepaths, which, you know, he was often on the wrong end of everything, frankly. He was the, the whipping boy of, of, you know, Star Trek, where anything, if anything bad's going to happen, if a panel's going to explode, it's going to take out Chekhov. Right. You know? Yeah, it's a miracle that that Walter Koenig did not end up as, like, one of those actors who gets killed on his own show. Sure. Right? Yes. Um, yeah. A melding of telepaths. I love it. Mm. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Okay. Motion carries. Motion carries. That's right. Um, so, look, uh, you know, as, as uh, Chris and I were chatting on the pre-show, what we're what this really feels like, and Lockley's uh, dialogue framing uh, sort of, I mm-hmm. think, in my mind, confirms it. We're really looking at part one of a two-part episode, which you know, folks, we often will double those up and do it as one show, um, you know, because we think that actually the story works better. Uh, Our episode will work better if we kind of, quote-unquote, meld them, right? But in this case, we didn't do that. Um, And I think there's a lot in here for us to talk about, notwithstanding the fact that this is our 100th episode. Right, um, right. You know, we've got uh, the sort of Byron, the Byron faction, and the sort of renegade telepaths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of working at, uh, you know, at, at at you know to their purposes or to their intentions. Yeah, I'm not sure how renegade the ones outside were, though. Honestly, it seemed. I mean, from from last episode, I got the sense that they that the community at large, or at least a significant number, were breaking off to go and, and you know, commit violence on, on a large scale. Right. Uh, but here it seems, okay, most of them have pulled up and they talk about the ones who are out aboard the station. Um, but it, it So maybe not like renegade-ish. I don't think they're renegade mm. I think that they're, I think it's much more coordinating in that they're, they're out there to do certain acts of sabotage or uh, other kinds of mayhem to 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 keep the station from being able to get into the brown sector. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I can, I can see what you're saying. Um, although it did feel to me like maybe Byron didn't feel like he had the level of control over the ones on the outside that he wanted to or mm-hmm. that he was not sure quite what they were what the limit of what they would be prepared to do was that's possible y- yeah yeah I, uh, something like that. i don't think we've seen enough of what they're doing out there to really uh, to, right. to, to get a full sense of what their plan is yeah or for what sure the, what the larger plan is for sure and that'll probably unfold in the next episode right and uh right. you know what the actual telepaths who are hold up in Brown 381, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, are doing to keep, uh, you know, station forces from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from breaking through. Well, it's exactly what you'd expect them to do, right? I, right. Zach's response felt a little weird to me, right? You can't have only eight people on the whole staff <laughs> who can, you know, wield can a blowtorch. power torch. cutter? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There must be... 30 different ways to break mm-hmm. into that section have everyone right. work on it at the same time or have dr franklin design a tinfoil hat right or or bring in 
yeah. you know, or bring in other, you know, have have Lockley petition for, you know, Centaur, or, you know, Mimbari telepaths to, to, uh, to mm-hmm. run counter to the other. I, I don't know. Yeah. It seemed like there were a hundred solutions that none of them were used. There, there could have been a, a large number of solutions. I think a lot of them would have taken more time to implement bringing in telepaths from from outside the station of of other uh from other uh you know planets other other races right um would they get there any faster than bester's crew got there uh, you know i don't know um whipping up some sort of anti-telepath hat or something that feels more like a star trek answer um i don't okay yeah I, I i get the sense that there isn't that kind of thing in universe but maybe i'm missing something there could certainly could be but yeah i i was kind of surprised at the you know having having just one person at a time go at it you know we could and it could have easily been written you know all right we have a dozen people all kind of working to cut away this large section of wall right and and they all start freaking out okay well you know that tells us you know tells us something about the scale that these telepaths are able to to resist with uh, right yeah um yeah yeah i don't just it just right. felt a little like they weren't they weren't exploring every possible option yeah yeah, yeah. come in from come in from multiple angles come in from the deck above come in from you know outside the ship oh, you've, R- you've got a right. couple of, couple of different ways to do this um right yeah, I, I i can see that i can see that um, but the episode was already so chock full of stuff that may, that may have just been something that had to get cut for time. Yeah, maybe. Right. Maybe we can assume that those things are happening just off screen uh, or, you know, they've already they've, they've been done. Let's, let's let's sort of assume that, that they've tried all of these other things. But right. You know, I, I have to assume that they've tried all these other things because Lockley seems to be so resigned that people are going to die. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that's almost like her first assumption. Oh, well, they locked up in there. Well, everybody's going to die. Right. Well, maybe right. we could try some things first. Maybe. I don't right. Know. Uh, it's it's interesting to me. I liked Lockley's decision to go in there mm-hmm. and deliver a clear message. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a nice bit of character work. Uh I think that Byron saying, "You've never been very kind to us, but you've always been fair," and you know, in mm-hmm. a, in a, in the world we live in, that's that counts for something. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I think that that helps us really to understand her. Right? Mm-hmm. She's exceptionally pragmatic. Yes, and you can see it in even in her decision to take this posting. When she's like, really, I ought to have known better. Hey, can you cut me a solid? No. No. I'm going to ha- have to wash my hair. I have to yeah. go up to the rim. I have to go to Zahadum. Uh, no. <laughs> I have to do virtually anything other than, can yeah. you help me out? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, and I think everything that she says is is uh, is on the money. Okay. Mm-hmm. But having said that, it we we've got now two, three if you count Commander Sinclair, 
three command level Earth Alliance leaders who have received, so far as I can tell, very poor or no training at all in the subtle art of diplomacy. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We had the conversation about Sheridan last week. Right. That he's, that, no, in fact, Ivanova, you know, he fobs it off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Commander Sinclair was only successful when he was being too clever by half. Right. Right. And Lockley is not a bad diplomat in the sense that what she does then makes things worse. But she doesn't appear to be trained in a way to nuance this. Mm. And so what we see or what I interpret is, ah, I see a bunch of nails, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got my hammer, I'm going to hammer. Right. right. Oh, and right. there are other things out there. I don't know quite what that is, uh, but I have my hammer, so I'll just use that too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know how far off the mark this is. Neither of us have ever been in the military. Right. Um, and right. I don't know to what extent uh, command level officers, you know, let's say in the Navy. Uh, right. Let's say the, the captain of a, a, a large naval vessel or an aircraft carrier or something like that. Um, is is well trained in these kinds of diplomatic things. I mean, she's there to 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 kind of keep things operational militarily and and functionally. And it's really, right. you know, Sheridan for better or for worse is is the one who's running the diplomacy game around here. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how how far off the mark it really is for these these commanding officers to not have a lot of good bargaining skills but but i guess captaincy of of a station like this is something that's that's far different than than any kind of military posting that we could that we have currently in this world that i right. can think of anyway right yeah i mean i think that that it's you know when you're dealing with something like babylon 5 you don't really have a good analog in the real world. Right. Right. Because this is like, well, what should, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Thomas Gates is the acting governor of Massachusetts mm. in 1775. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to make a decision. You can send, you mm. can send a message back on the next boat to London, but you're not going to get an answer for eight months. Right. Right. So you have to be able, you have to be self-sufficient. Right. You know, the subspace message to Starfleet will not arrive for six weeks. Mm-hmm. I fear the decision is yours, Captain. Right. That kind of thing. That, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so um, mm-hmm. given that it's a posting where you can't just gold channel all the time. Yeah. Um, I would have thought that there would be evidence of more diplomatic training. And it might have been nice mm-hmm. to see Lockley, who reads as a little, uh, you know, kind of by the book and, right. you know, straight-laced, as actually mm-hmm. having a little bit more capacity for subtlety mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, yeah. than Sinclair has shown. Right? Yeah. You know, because... Yeah, yeah well, I, you know, I think we get we have three different types of 
of leaders here. You know, we Sinclair was definitely the I think the more intellectual of the three. Yep. And trying to trying to trying to as you say clever his way out of out of situations. Um, I'm not. Sh- I I wonder. I think if we sat down with JMS and said, you know, do you think that Sheridan is is terrible at diplomacy? I don't think he would agree with that. I suspect I'm, you're right. I, I'm thinking he's writing this from the position that Sheridan is. Okay, if we if we break up our our, our you know our stat block, our our like White Wolf Vampire the Masquerade esque kind of uh, stat <laughs> tiers here, and, and right, right. I'm guessing that probably forty to fifty percent of the audience knows what I'm talking about. Um, that you have Sinclair as your mental. Um, I'm gonna say maybe like maybe physical is is Lockley, and that your social is is Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, that's compelling um, to me. You know, I, I think I think he's he saw Sheridan as a, as a good negotiator, but just kind of wrote him into places where negotiation failed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can accept so, that. I can accept yeah. that. Um, but you're right. She doesn't seem she doesn't. Uh, Lockley does not approach this situation. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of, of uh, watching uh, Mindhunter. OK, you know, where where. Okay. Yes, I'm now. I'm now drawing parallels between serial killers and uh, the telepaths in here. Yeah, uh, this whatever. is this is the best radio ever. But I, as soon as you said that, my head cocked to 45 degrees and the eyebrow yeah. went up. Oh, yeah. oh, do tell. Yeah, the eyebrows went up in a way that Leonard Nimoy only wished he could. That's do. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. If, if you if you've seen Mindhunter, the first episode, the the main character in that is a as like a hostage uh, negotiator with the FBI. Yes. And He's very well trained at, you know, go, he goes into a situation where there's someone who's holed up or, so, you know, with, with, with hostages, with explosives, what, right, what have you. Right. Um, and, uh, and as you say, applies this kind of diplomacy, this kind of social uh, negotiation, you know, kind of laying things out. This is where you're stand. This is where we stand. Right. This is what's like going a heuristic. on. Now, are we gonna, yeah. yeah. Are, are we going to get out of this? Right. You know, how are we going to get you out of this, working right. through it with the person? And she just doesn't even put that forward at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. That's just not part of what, you know, she just goes in there just to find out, like, why did you call me here? Right. Which. She doesn't go in with a plan, which I thought was weird. They kind of never do, though. <laughs> Except Ivanova. Well, Ivanova had a plan for everything. Right. And so. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it, it struck me as a little odd. And, you know, hmm. calling calling Bester entirely to be expected, right? Yeah. And uh, on some level, you know, I've got a station to run. I thought them being here was a terrible idea in the first place. Right. Right? right. And, yeah. oh, shock, stun, and amazement. You know, upper management... Screwed the pooch. I'm left with the bag. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do what I was going to do in the first place. Right. Which is say, I appreciate that you have a legitimate concern to a degree. I don't think it's as legitimate as you do. Uh, I hear you. I cannot help you. Thank you so much. Move on. Yeah. Right? Does she tell them that Bester is coming? I, I, I can't no. recall. No. No, okay. No. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I would have expected her to say something like, look, he's going to be here in 36 hours. You know this is going to be bad. 
if you come out, I can have him turn around and say, oh, things are calmed down. Everything's fine. Right. You know, I, maybe, maybe I can hold him off. If I have to let him loose on the station. Which I am prepared you know, to do. Which I will do. Then. Mm, right. You know, that might have been a, a tactic to go in with. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 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 yeah, go. There's, 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 there's definite uh, Branch Davidian you know, feelings oh, all yeah. over this episode. Oh, yeah. This was, this was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this and just waiting for the sparks to go up. This, this whole thing yep. is going to go bad fast. Yeah. There is, there are ever shrinking pathways to a, to, to an outcome that isn't tragic. Right. Right. We're running out of we're running out mm-hmm. of pathways, right? Yeah. Um yeah, the whole thing here uh got me thinking about Antigone. Mm. Right. The the play, the Sophocles play, uh, you know, it, Antigone kind of uh uh, uh you know, rep- representing what is just and Creon, her her opponent, you know, in the in the play, representing what is uh, appropriate or legal or um, you know or- orderliness, uh huh, civic, mm-hmm. right. And Byron yeah. sort of having that Antigone shroud and Lockley being more creonic, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I can remember when I when I, I took I took a uh, I took a course where we read this, uh, and I uh, I remember arguing Creon's side, mm-hmm. and basically just being sort of denounced as a fascist. You know, in 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 class, like it's so obvious well, that anti. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. we we were in the Happy Valley. Yeah, I mean, right. Come on. <laughs> we yeah. were in Amherst in the late eighties. So, yeah. Um, but you know, the idea that that there's a there's a place for for uh, you know for civic disobedience, mm-hmm. uh, and. And that, but that has a that has a limit, right? And you know, to what degree, you know, is is Lockley right in saying, regardless of the justice of your claim, you do not have the right to disrupt the orderly operations of this station. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is, uh, y- you know, one of these kinds of kinds of back and forths that is present in almost every society. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, how do you get anything done without disrupting the orderly right. operation of the society? How do right. you get someone to listen? But, geez, you know, I really got to get, you know, these people all have to get to work. You're blocking the highway here. What, you know, what are we doing? Right. Right. You know, we get a... Yeah, that's that's something that 
that is an age-old question that never has a, a solid answer one way or the other, yeah. or, or has a solid answer depending on, on who you are, you know, answering the question. Uh, you could be a fascist like John, or you could be... Uh, <laughs> right, right. Um, so so th- I guess we'll leave the resolution of this mm-hmm. to the next episode, right? Yeah. Um, I will say, though, before we move off of this this topic, if I may, yeah, right, that it's never a good idea for a commanding officer, military commanding officer, to put in her official captain's log saying something like, "This isn't going to end without a whole lot of people dead." <laughs> right, you know, right. That's that's the sort of thing that's going to come up, you know, in the the trials afterwards, in the war crime trials, and you don't want to say that out loud. Come on, Lockley. <laughs> I- <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. You um, you make a good point. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. The 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 inevitable tribunal. Yeah. Right. Is going to. Uh, They're going to be very interested in those kinds of comments. <laughs> you know. Well, maybe what what could you have done better, Elizabeth, to uh, to try to uh, try to prevent all of this massive loss of life that we have that you clearly foresaw coming. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And on that note, uh, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, politics that are sort of warped, (laughs) let's let let's let's relocate now to Centauri Prime. Yes. Uh, What a tragedy that we could never find a way to get Natoth. Oh, I mean, I absolutely agreed. Yeah. I just loved her in the first season. In some respects, just. You know, the half a dozen times when she was on screen, it's like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. You are dynamite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, the 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 fierceness, but a different fierceness than Jakar was putting out. Correct. At the time. Um, right. It, it would have been it would have been great to see where that character went. Yes. As opposed to being sort of, you know, as we see, forgotten and right. you know, left behind in the in the cell right right uh, um well not forgotten because clearly they were remembering to to to, to feed her you know and it was just that right. no, as 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 londo says no one had said you know let her free no one in authority right no one no one has the authority to free her mm-hmm. right not even londo um which is a reminder about how warped Centauri's mm. the Centauri aristocracy monarchy is right mm. and yeah. you know it, it it reminds me further of my ongoing you know kind of war with JMS which is is this a republic or is this an empire and st- stop it figure right. out what it is Right, and it's clearly an empire. Right, it's, so, yeah, yeah. Regardless of what they call it, it's clearly right. an it's empire. It's clearly an empire. Yeah, and 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 the regent could, in normal circumstances, reverse the rule. You know, yes. uh, undo the ruling. Yes, but the regent is also out of the picture. So, right, you know, you don't. But what you don't have in this case is a proper constitution that that kind of passes the decision making. Right. If, although no one's declared the regent, you know, no one's no one's twenty fifth amendment. You know the 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 regent right. at this point, right? 
So he's not declared incompetent. So really, it, it, it still does stop there. I think even even right. within our own United States Constitution. Okay, well, you know, if let's say that let's let's say the president was sort of whoever the president might be was locked up in a room somewhere, not coming out, not speaking to people, but nobody had had, you know, 25th them. Right. If you don't use the constitutional mechanisms. Yeah. Then you have paralysis. Right. Right. Yeah. Or you have, you know, Edith Bowling Galt. Right. Do you know what I'm referencing, Chris? I I don't. uh, Edith, Edith, uh, Edith Wilson, Edith Bowling Galt, Woodrow Wilson's second wife. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Basically acted as sort of, uh, you know, the uh, chief secretary. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, access grantor, you know, Mm -hmm. to the to the president for for, you know, you know, a year and a half. Right. 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 And in that regard, you know, you could almost imagine Londo issuing an order under the regent's seal. Mm -hmm. Right. And the regent so incapacitated that he wouldn't know. Right. You, you, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with the dis, with the choice that Londo made to get Natoth mm-hmm. out. Right. But yeah. there were other ways that, I mean, come on, there have to be examples of prime ministers who have ensured the good operation of government mm. during a long term period of, of uh, you know. Yeah. Especially when the decisions or the orders made by the prior emperor you know, when the emperor turned out to be so stark raving mad right you know you'd think there would be a way to to you know to to, to sort of like stalinesque erase the you know well, we're not going to we're not going to talk about him anything that he decided was null and void let's just right. keep moving you know right um yep. rather than just well you know even though he was you know completely ha 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 mad he's right. still you know he was still the emperor so right. you know, this keeps going right you could almost imagine in a society like that, the creation of a of a temporary office, you know, the imperial mm-hmm. auditor, right? Uh-huh. You know, who looks at all of the decisions that were left in force, mm-hmm. and the auditor has the power to uh, to, to to cancel, to, to veto. right? Yeah. You know, and and anything that a, that an emperor left, you know, in in place, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a like a Roman censor kind mm-hmm. of kind of power. That's not what the censors yeah. did, but you know, kind yeah, of yeah. like that kind of a vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. You know, sort of balancing out your consuls and your tribunes, kind of thing. Precisely. You know, that that you could there, there should there should be some well, you know, if if this if this were a constitutional, you know, yes. monarchy yes. empire. Yes. I don't think we have any necessary indication that it is. I mean, it may be a traditional. Oh, yeah. Maybe, it's certainly not constitutional, is it? Yeah, I don't think there's any... I, I would be surprised if there's a if there's a formal Centauri constitution document outlining what the the Senate and the Empire, Emperor and Prime Minister and blah, blah, blah can do. There can't be. No, I think it's uh, all... To me. Oh, it's just... It, it's done this way because it's it's done this way. Right. It's just... It's the force of tradition. Right. The forms of Canley have been obeyed. Right, yes. you know, it's uh, it's it's a you know five thousand year tradition kind of thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. 
it was good to see Shakar uh, sort of back in his fierceness. He got right? scary. Yep. And good to see that the journey that Londo is on, he's continuing on. Yes. Because this would have been a moment where he could have not done the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of been a slave to his society. Mm-hmm. But he, he but he didn't. So, good. I think if Jakar hadn't been there... I think you're right. I, I think he might. He would have walked away. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, I wonder how much of... How much of the motivation is internal to Londa? Again, same thing we talked about back when... You know, in the, the, the long night of Londo Malari, uh, you know, how much of the motivation is internal and how much is not wanting to displease his friend? Right. Right. Uh, you know, and again, you know, a little hard to. Yeah. Who you know, a little hard to sort of disentangle that. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, a, you know, kind of a tricky one. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of. The um, um, what did you think of the way that uh, that they got Natoth out of uh, you know oh, it, you know the uh, it, the veil yeah. and the you know all that yeah. kind of stuff? Oh, it was it was it was you know it was clever. It was it was sufficient. The you know Londo playing at at being drunk and. Uh, and walking her through the halls and everyone looking away. That's definitely, you know, again, it's, it's just sort of giving us more, more of, of how Centauri society works that is, that completely fits with, uh, you know, with everything that we would expect. Right, right. Yeah, it was, it, it was all sort of of a piece, right? Yes. Uh, I kind of liked it, though. Yeah. It was amusing. It was lighter. Right. Um, especially the part where the, where the, uh, you know, the assistant comes in and, and he has her undress and you know it was a little a little icky but it was still it, it was entertaining and right. and you know gave Jakar sort of his opportunity to be the old you know hound dog that he is right um, yeah the word louche comes to mind um, <laughs> so the the character Lara right the uh-huh. uh, the woman who comes in you know yes uh, she is not Kirsty Alley, but she was giving me very strong <laughs> Kirsty Alley as Savic kind of uh, kind of vibes, you know. Okay. Uh, okay. Don't quite know why. Um, hmm. I didn't get that, but but yeah. I, I yeah. Um. Okay, so you know yeah. we've got these kind of things going on, all clearly in the service of this two-parter, right? Right. Right. The 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 last thread going on is mm-hmm. this um the the council uh being torn apart by these act uh, right. these these attacks and and trying to trying to keep the council together keep them from the brink of war right uh you know the the oh it's 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 hard to keep everybody together when there isn't a single common enemy you know a a large you know, a, a massive you know, shadow empire that's right. coming to kill us all. Right. How do you how do you hold everything together? Right. Right. Well, you, um, know, you make a common enemy. Right. This is right. the uh, 
R- right. Um, yeah. And and they've got whoever's doing whoever's behind these these attacks. We kind of have some information about that as viewers, but they right. certainly don't. Right, they don't. Um, right. And I wondered, you know, at first it's the the Rikari saying that they found uh, Drazi metal. You know, oh, right. so, you know, it's the Drazi. Blah, blah. And then it's the and then, oh, look, you know, look, we, the, the Drazi have found Rikari. I, mean, I might have this backwards, but uh, it, I, I, I wondered if Sheridan was being wily and had kind of inserted the 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 second metallic fragment to kind of keep everybody sort of off balance and and there's no evidence of that in the episode that's right uh i in my head canon that's what's going on he's he's deliberately done that to kind of keep everybody on their back foot of all right so you know well maybe it wasn't them maybe it wasn't us then somebody's doing something out there yeah right right i mean uh, yeah i think clearly we're 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 awaiting another shoe yeah to drop yeah um and i don't know i i would hope that by this point the brakiri and the drazi and the hundred other races in the alliance Mm -hmm. would realize how easily they're played oh they're and so would say, played. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. This feels like the oldest trick in the book. Mm. Maybe I should step yeah. back and reflect a little bit on whether I'm being played for for the chump that whoever is doing this thinks I am. Um, and he just seems so quick to react to any of these. Right. Any of these kinds of slights or offenses. And, right. uh, uh yeah, if if these are the if these are the best diplomats that these uh, planets have sent right. to to represent them on Babylon right. Five, right. then I can only imagine what's going on back home. Right, right. You know? This yeah, this uh, uh, there's clearly been a uh, a, a severe severe decline mm-hmm. in the quality of uh, uh, of diplomatic education in yes. the in the twenty third century, mm-hmm. um, because that's uh, yeah. Do better, people. Do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, in in that whole, in that C plot, yes. if we're going to call it that, yep. um, there is one piece that I, I wanted to kind of bounce around. I know we're going long. Um, we're yeah, going to go longer because we've got 100th episode stuff to talk about still. But I just yep. want to mention for a minute, yep. um, Garibaldi makes this sort right. of monologue about, you know, we divide history by wars because it's what people people want to see something explode, and they 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 like the 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 excitement, the action of it, um, and and I can see Garibaldi having that viewpoint, but I I would doubt that it's JMS's. I would hope it's not JMS's. And you know, John, you and I as as historians, not a professional, but uh, I I, I got I I must object. To this, uh, to this structuring of history, because you know, yes, it's possible to come away from a history class and just talk about you know names and dates and wars and stuff, um, right? But come on, people, the Renaissance, you know, it's a major chunk of of European history that right. we talk about that is not defined by wars. You know, there's the the Industrial Revolution. Right. Um, sure, you can talk about wars and conflicts and things that happened during these times. Right. But um, now you're talking about civilizations rising and falling. You're talking right. about, 
you know, dynasties of, of the Chinese uh, empires. You're talking about, uh, you're talking about the, the, you know, the, the Mediterranean and the Greeks and the Romans and the right. sea peoples and all of this stuff. Yeah, right. Um, you know, uh, you know, nobody really says that, all right, well, this was the, you know, the, the Hundred Years' War and then there's the, the War of the Roses. I mean, you know these things, but they, they are not the defining goalposts of a time period. Right. No, nor are they the only, um, the only schema by which you might divide history. Right. Right. Um, right. I was talking to my sister and my brother-in-law yesterday about Clara Bow, the it girl, mm-hmm. who's a flapper. Okay, well, you look at the Roaring Twenties, which is clearly yeah. a time-based, you know, descriptor of a period, and mm-hmm. that's entirely uh, seen through a cultural lens. Yeah, it's not a war lens, right? Right. Um, it would be interesting to look at, uh, you know, the the Hundred Years' War, but describe it as the, uh, you know, as the Hundred Years' Peace, occasionally, mm-hmm. occasionally. interrupted by war which is what the hundred years war is right it's mostly peace interrupted by by wars that happen every now and again right 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 it wasn't a hundred years of like brutal you know frontline trench warfare and you know longbows massacring the french right right. it wasn't a classic sci-fi war you know we're we we have been at war for nineteen thousand generations and we've never Mm -hmm. known anything but war blah 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 right it's not that right and you know my own my own, my own sort of uh, interpretive or analytical frame mm-hmm. is Brodellian. Do you know Fernand Brodel, A History um, of Civilizations? I'm vaguely aware. Okay. Yes. Well, his he was a, 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 a sort of the, one of the founders of the founder of a school mm-hmm. of philosophy called the Annal School, which is mostly interested in very long periodicity. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've sometimes probably heard me say, well, the history of the United States, really, the only, the, 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 the only thing that you've got to make sure that you don't get wrong is it's been divided into two eras mm-hmm. and two interstitials. And we're in the second interstitial right now. America mm-hmm. 1.0 ends roughly with, say, the Louisiana Purchase and the steam engine and the uh, the the end of the importation of slaves and bup, bup, bup. Mm-hmm. and America two the that first interstitial period ends with the Civil War. Mm-hmm. We are going to be a country where we do not keep slaves, and where mm-hmm. our economy is capitalistic, and it's going to be the northern pattern is going to be the one that prevails. Okay, that holds right. for about one hundred and ten years. Now mm-hmm. we're in the second interstitial. All the everything that was defined by the industrial age is being redefined. This is why mm-hmm. everything feels like it's a zero sum game. If you win, I lose. Mm-hmm. We're nearing the end of that interstitial period. A decision will have to be made. Are we going in this direction as a country or this one? Mm-hmm. And when the decision is made, that will de- determine what America 3.0 is. You know, a dystopian hellhole or not, depending mm-hmm. on what side wins, right? That's yeah. anal, right? So mm-hmm. I would have I would have wanted to write that kind of an interpretive frame mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. this. But, you know, I, 
I mean, Garibaldi's point's sort of interesting. It gets you to reflect on what history is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it and goes, as I said, from his from the perspective of that character, I think it fits. I mean, it fits just fine. He's not, you know, he's he he probably hasn't studied history at a, you know, at a, at a higher level. You know, he just he he's he's got the the common you know the kind of general understanding of of history, right? And it's shaped by his experiences of uh, rough which are times what they are, of, right? Which are what they are. Yeah, I mean, he's a military guy. And so you know, that's that's kind of where it is. But, uh, you know, I, I anyway, here endeth the rant. Right. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's stuck in my craw. Right. Th- th- this brings us back to our conversation about secrets of the soul and the Hayak. Mm-hmm. Right. If you look at the Hayak from a from an anal perspective, well, that era of the Hayak ended a millennium ago. Yeah. Right evaluate them based on their own their own practices and don't be surprised mm-hmm. if they act shame, like they are ashamed because they did shameful things right in their history it doesn't mean they're shameful now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right are you really going to uh you're going to hold the danes to account for uh you know this uh, uh you know for what mm-hmm. right you're going to hold the swedes to account for being part of uh you know, a Babylonian army or the Norwegians for Harald Hardrada? Give me a break. I've never forgiven the Norwegians for Harald Hardrada. Correct. Okay, the my rant answer. is also okay. over. Okay, yes. Okay, so I think we got ourselves <laughs> a pretty fine episode here. Yes. Uh, and we'll see how the second part of it, as it were, mm-hmm. plays out. But yes. for for the 100th episode, yes. our 100th episode, uh, we'd asked uh, the listeners... Mm-hmm to ask some questions and you did some of you yeah. did so yeah. uh chris where do you want to start you want to start with um let's let's start we had one well let's start with the with something that i think is easier go uh and more more logistical and this was asked by matt cutler and by hugo turner go uh sort of in 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 tandem uh asking if we're planning to cover crusade and uh, the movies, the Lost Tales, etc. Right. Once season five is done, what what what's the plan going forward? Uh, right. Season five is done. Okay. And uh, I think the answer to that is uh, we're going to do the movies. Yep. But only to the degree that they are Babylon Five content. Right. right. So third space is in. Yep. Right. Um, in the beginning is in. In the beginning is in. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not all in. Right. River of Souls, I believe, is in. Yeah. Yeah. Now, much like with a lot of season five, I don't think I've seen any of these movies. So uh, I'm going to have to read up on, you know, read some synopses to make sure and see kind of what, you know, what ties in more directly and what doesn't. But th- to my understanding, uh, in the beginning... Third space, River of Souls, are the ones that are. Yeah, they're all in. W- within within the within our sphere. That's right. Of this of this podcast, um, yeah. And it it uh, it pains me that River of Souls is in because it involves a soul hunter. Um, I don't want to discuss hey. it. Um, oh, I, I will fine. save it. I will save it. Um, <laughs> fine. Uh, now the question is, you know, in our judgment, is a call to arms. Babylon 5, which we are covering, or Crusade, which we are not. 
going to cover. We, if, if, if in the fullness of time we decide to do a crusade podcast, mm-hmm. we would do that. But in our judgment, crusade is a is a separate show, separate story, yeah. and we should keep it as its own thing. Yeah, um, if we were doing a next generation podcast, you know, I don't think that we would expect to continue on and and, and cover Deep Space Nine. Correct. It's the same idea, you know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Legend of the Rangers is not Babylon 5. It is a separate thing. So we will leave that out of this equation. But the Lost Tales are in. Okay. Um, now, you know, Chris and I haven't actually scheduled these yet. But, you know, when we get to the end of Season 5, we're going to be, you know, nominally done with four or five more episodes, these movies and the Lost Tales to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of couple of final wrap-up episodes so even when we get to the end of season five we won't be properly done but we won't be releasing week by week yeah right don't unsubscribe we might surprise you sometime with with dropping something in totally totally is the is the general and we'll we'll post on the facebook group you know don't bop out of there you know hey we've got something coming up next week we'll give you a heads up so you can you know clear the decks and get your your podcast uh slippers on and right you know settle in by the fire with a glass of brandy and your best dog beside you precisely um that's how i listen to podcasts i don't know what you do precisely that Mm, good good um yeah our our uh i i wouldn't expect uh us to be doing babylon 5 content in 2021 or 2022 no uh, you know because we're we're, you know i'm i'm a completist i want to get the work done so so that's the answer to that okay okay um do you want to next go? Up, let's 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 stick with Hugo's okay. uh, next question, which was, uh, what are our top five worst genre shows? Yeah, tricky, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I struggled with this one because honestly, if something's really bad, I, you know, I, I I probably didn't watch it enough to be familiar. Correct. Same. Um, Same. And and also by the same token. Anything that I think is really terrible, you know, somebody, it's somebody's favorite. It's right. the Legion of Superheroes issue. Bouncing Boy is somebody's favorite character. Right. You and know, so, not mine, but right. somebody loves him. Right. And so it becomes challenging to say, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have a list. I had a couple of them. Okay. Yeah. I have and, a couple. I, I, I steered away from, you know, my, my, one of my first reactions was the X Files reboot. Which I thought was just terrible, right? Or, or you know, X Files seasons, you know, eight and nine, or whatever it was, you know, after Mulder and Scully left, right? But it's not a separate show. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to slice and dice that way. Yeah. You know, Flash season two was absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, so yeah, I've got a couple. Yeah, we would if if the question was what are the worst seasons of genre television? Mm. There's nothing to talk about. Star Trek: The Next yeah. Generation season one. That's very, very bad. Appalling. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the question. Right, so, okay, right. give me one. So, How so many do you feel have? Free, feel free, folks, to ask us that for our uh, 200th episode. Yeah, uh, quite. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, I'm going to start. Uh, uh, can I do these chronologically? I'm not sure. Um, but I'll definitely start with my earliest one. We're doing this chronologically. I, I think so. I don't find a bunch fine. of mine bundled together. Okay. So, anyway. I'm going to start with Galactica 1980. Oh, come on. It's the worst it's the worst genre show it's, ever made. It's really it's really really terrible. Right. And I did watch it in its yep. entirety yep. when I was 11 or or 10, right. 9. 
right. keep getting younger. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, the flying motorcycles was really the only cool part, and even that doesn't age well. Yeah. It it was dreadful. In by by any measure, mm-hmm. and the measure that matters most is: is it worse than? The Sid and Marty Crofts, uh, you know, Saturday morning television programs. Is it worse yeah. than Lost Saucer? Yes. Is it worse than mm-hmm. Dr. Shrinker? Yes. Is it worse yeah. than H.R. Puffin stuff? Yes. Definitely so. It is you can't even terrible. You can't even extract camp value out of it. That's right. You know, you can't. There are some things that are so, so wonderfully t- terrible that you have to love them. I would pay real money mm-hmm. for... Someone to have actually paid for that reboot of Electra Woman and Dyna Girl. Oh yes. Or ISIS. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I don't little little trouble launching that one today. Well, well yes, but <laughs> it was a fine show. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh my God, Galactica eighty. Yeah. As soon as Hugo asked yeah. this question, I was you, like, you had that on it's your list. It's a no-brainer. It's the worst genre yeah. show ever made. All right. Okay. Next. What? Oh, me. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I, gave, I gave that Okay. Um, now, my answer is not, uh, th- these are not like, are they objectively bad, but mm. rather, are they disappointing? Okay. Okay, that's fair. Because I think, uh, frankly, other than Galactica 80, th- everything else on my list is not, is not objectively bad. Mm-hmm. But I was disappointed by them. Okay, so my first offering is the 1990s science fiction television program Sliders, mm. which yeah. has a great concept and never really came together in any kind of way that made sense to me. Mm. Um, I, I didn't watch much of it, um, but it never grabbed me enough. And and you know, timeline hopping. You know, sort of parallel yep. earth hopping is is totally in my wheelhouse. Totally. Mine too. So I, it, it should have been a slam dunk for me, and I just never really paid it any attention. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I watched a fair number of them, hoping it would you know, come round, and it never did. Because one of your housemates at the time... Brian Reese, who was one of our, yep. who we had on an yep. early season one episode, he, I think he was a fan of it, if I recall. Um, I think so. so. You were, you were probably forced to watch mainly by him. Maybe, yeah. I don't, I don't mm. really know. Yeah. Um, but that was disappointing. And and in that time of the mid early mid nineties, you know, there was so much else going on that was so good that it, it just couldn't, it couldn't hold up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. next for you, I'm going to go, uh, same sort of, well, maybe it's a little bit later. I'm going to go with, uh, tech war. Uh, that is a objectively bad show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember watching the pilot and, and just shaking my, now again, who is that shows actor? More pilot. Oh. I don't even remember. Oh. I didn't look it up. Keep I talking. I'm going to look it up. The heck out of this. Yeah. No. And and in fact, I had a tape, and I'm I'm going to do a two for here because I had I had a tape, and it's possibly the most cursed genre 
videotape of all time. It contained the pilots of Tech War and Mantis. <laughs> um, and I still have it somewhere because I, I think I've tried to throw it out and it keeps coming back uh, like like some sort of pet cemetery thing. Um, but although maybe I, 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 I've heard people that really liked Mantis, so maybe I didn't give it enough of a shot. I don't I'm think you're sure. being fair to Mantis. Okay. It's not good, mm-hmm. but in its in its time, yeah, it's like, uh, all right, this is a little, it's a little goofball, but yeah, I can lean I think, into it. Yeah, I think the '90s didn't really know what to do with superheroes yet, because totally, you know, there, there was there's there's a whole raft of them now that I'm thinking about it. Yep, um, that were just just were were very not good um yeah i don't i think it it really took until the the early or the mid 2010s before we started getting superhero shows that that really sang kind of made that really clicked yeah 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 uh i thought that the uh john wesley ship flash Mm -hmm. was about the best there was in that genre for Um, for a long time um, have 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 you seen the the crossovers? I year? know that he's in it, but I have not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's I important. Shall no, I shall say no more. Yes, please say no more. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Tech War is a good choice. Uh, the yeah. the lead actor there is a guy named Greg Evigan, BJ uh-huh. and the Bear. Okay. Uh, so I I had I had a different actor in my in my mental uh-huh. map. So. Uh, I don't have anything to to offer there. Um, yeah. Okay. My next show, also disappointing, from the same era as Sliders, VR Five. Yeah, I had that one too. <laughs> that was oh, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah, not so great. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anything more needs to be added to that. Um, that was Daryl Hannah, wasn't it? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm I'm trying to look up Mantis here because why? Um, I'm just I'm wondering how long it went for. I couldn't one season. One season. Oh, there it is. It's M dot yeah, A dot A and yeah blah 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 blah. But that was um. Oh, Sam Hamm and Sam Raimi. Of course it was. Yes, it was Carl Lumley. That's yeah. That's yeah. the name I was trying to come up with. And <laughs> yep. I like Carl Lumley. I think he's great. Uh, right. No. No. But, not Daryl Hannah. Laurie Singer. Okay. I think. They are filed together in the same folder yes, in my brain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the '90s, you know, virtual reality stuff in television shows. Mm, yeah, that was hard going. Yeah. I mean, even the even uh, even Profit, a show that that we love, is without peer. It is television perfection. Watch it straight away. The VR segments of that are so bad. <laughs> so bad. Oh, man. Right. It is a show. Oh, so bad. Without, uh, without peer. Watch it yeah. at once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except the VR sh- parts, which are complete yeah. crap. <laughs> I'm shocked that got a DVD release. I, I, I'm absolutely. Right. Like, right. How did it get it? And Strange Luck and has Strange never. Luck. That's right. Yeah, and, yeah. Nobody, and nobody's heard of Strange Luck. I mean, that's come right. on. That's right. Okay, what's um, your next show? Uh, well, I've kind of hit four of them here already. Got it. Uh, give me one more, and I'll give you one more. I'm going to go Sequest. Really? 
I really disliked it. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was, I mean, it, again, it was trying to replicate a Star Trek yep. next generation thing in a different environment. But I thought that, I thought the, the, again, I didn't watch the whole show. I didn't watch the entire run of it. Um, what I did watch of it, um, I, I just, I thought that it was just, I don't know, the writing, the acting, I, nothing held up and it had an annoying kid. Right. Yeah. All of that is true. Um, yeah, I, I, mm, I wonder I, I, if in the re, if I were to rewatch it, where I would land probably in a dark place yeah i'm not gonna rush to, to no to watch it no. no um roy scheider is so good though Mm-hmm. but that doesn't usually mean, yeah that doesn't mean he can save it depends on what what you're given right yeah. and you know in fact he was so pissed about the way that show was being managed that he mm-hmm. quit after the second season yeah. and uh john ironside is that right Maybe don't who know. is the Sequest twenty thirty one, uh huh, uh, or twenty thirty two. I'm sorry, was a Michael Ironside, John Ironside. Who the hell is that? Um, I wasn't uh, sure where you were going. But Michael Ironside uh, has, you know, you'd instantly recognize his face. He's been in everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, no, uh, and it had Ted Raimi. Mm. Yes. As much as I love Sam Raimi stuff, I you know I see I see Ted Raimi in something and I'm like oh you know uh, okay I, yeah. right I don't know right don't know uh, I'll give my last please and then we'll move on to the last question uh, yes Star Trek Voyager ooh because yeah. it because you know Chris you know because you played in the game in mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. early 1990s years before Voyager. Essentially, the Voyager concept uh, I game mastered in Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. This ship uh, was called the Atlanta, but it was the same idea. And yeah. I thought our game was far more intriguing than than Voyager. Voyager never accepted its core, the core part of what made that show potentially interesting. They got mm-hmm. away from within like seven or eight episodes, and and then it was, well, who cares if you're out amongst yeah. the Kazon, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I again, it was one that I'd ever watched enough of to, you know, it, it gets a lot of hate. I know online and and even for people who love Star, you know, other versions of Star Trek. Um, you know, I I, I see people disparaging it i never watched enough to to be able to put it on my list i thought about it right but i i didn't want to uh, i didn't want to to take that step i mean i and and you know i i say this as a person i've watched the entire show mm-hmm. it has some moments that are great and Catherine janeway is a great character but mm-hmm. she doesn't have the level of trek characters around her mm. to 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 cause the all you know all boats rise right mm-hmm, except mm-hmm. she doesn't have that depth uh you know of of characters around her yeah um and she's not yeah, written as well as as Jean-Luc Picard is so yeah. 
you know, Jean-Luc Picard is is compelling even in the early going when the characters around him are not very well written, not very clear, not very strong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never I never none of the characters other than Janeway really ever clicked on that show for me. Uh-huh. Um in the in the limited watching that I that I did um the the Cass and Neelix thing I could have you know, done could have without done without that. Yep. Tom Paris certainly could have do without him. Right. Um and the hologram doctor, no interest there. So it was it was it was starting at a at a significant deficit that it had to make up, you know, and and just didn't. So Yeah. 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 I would put that I, I might put that on my list for the for the same reason that I watched the first couple episodes and then just checked out. And for me at that time in my life to check out and not watch a Star Trek. Yeah. Come on. So. Yeah, exactly. So that brings us to kind of the last question uh, from yep. James Huck Muldowney, which is yes. about, given your discussion of how you'd reboot, reboot B5 as a prestige format, so do you think that all sci-fi or superhero television programs should be handled in such a manner? The CW shows have seasons that, that, that take too long, that drag out, mm-hmm. and could use tighter storytelling. What are your thoughts? Chris, what are your, what are your thoughts on the prestige format kind of as a concept? You know, I'm not going to limit this to, to sci-fi, fantasy, genre, superhero right. Go. television. I'm going I'm to say you know, shows should be allowed to be as long as they need to be to tell the story. Yes. I like um, that. And, and what you've had for, uh, I don't know, maybe the 60s through the, the 20, early 2010s is this, this network... Uh, system network structure of the 22 episode season or longer crank out enough season or longer right. gotta get gotta get to syndication because uh, that's where the money was you know earlier on anyway and uh, and and the result of that is a lot of padding a lot of forced stuff that especially when you're getting into shows like Babylon 5 or uh, like any of these these superhero shows that are you know on the CW these days right there's uh, you know you, you have you have a major story for the season that right. you want to tell right and and you lose momentum every time you hit a monster of the week episode that doesn't tie in in any way shape or form right um, so if if you've got something that that you know a, a good showrunner can sit down and say this is going to this is going to take about 9 episodes for me to to tell this story and explore you know the main story and all of the subplots that I want to kind of work into things um yeah do 9 episodes you know do what right. you need to do right yeah you don't get you don't get uh you know authors well, maybe you do. I'm not sure, but who are who are told? You know, you have to write 1,500 pages, right, you know, to to tell your story. I mean, sometimes it seems like Neil Stevenson is told that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you don't. You, you write the story. The, the story takes up the room it needs to take. Um, right. If there's anything good coming from you know, all of these streaming services and you know breakups of the network dominated television scene right. here in the United States. It's, I think it's shattering the the twenty two episode season model. Right. I mean, you know, look, 
and you know, go back further. Star Trek, mm-hmm. the original series, season one, had 30 mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Chris, I, I, I agree with, uh, you know, kind of your thesis here, Chris, completely. Mm-hmm. Give the story what it needs in the right, in the right um, number of minutes per storytelling segment mm-hmm. to tell the story. Sherlock does best really as frankly a series of interconnected television movies mm-hmm. okay dynamite you don't mm-hmm. want that show to be distributed in 30 minute increments right no um, no whereas the good place you don't want mm-hmm. in an hour and a half over and over again right because what they're doing right. is is okay I'm gonna take this tiny little concept. Yep. Or this character thing, or this little piece of philosophy, and I want to work it over for twenty mm-hmm. minutes. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do that. And they do what? 10, 12 episode seasons of of the Good Place. Longer, more, something like that. Is I think they were a little. I thought, more. It was, I thought they were pretty short. Uh, I thought they were long. I thought there was. You keep more. talking. No, no. It. I think you're right. I'm sorry. I'm going to retract that. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. You know, because I, I mean, I think I think it would be death to that show it would it would get stale if they had tried to cram in another eight episodes yeah i I, I agree um it's about i heard the founder of cirque du soleil speak at a conference a number of years ago and he said essentially we have designed this was before they had done anything okay we've Uh designed a 70 million dollar show we have 17 million dollars Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to figure out how to do $70 million worth of content on a $17 million budget. Mm. The thesis being the more productive you are constrained, productively you are constrained, the more likely it is that you will find your way to something even better by having to mm-hmm. think around the constraint. If you can do virtually anything, you'll do anything. Yeah. Okay. And so look at the great, you know, the great genre programs, uh, you know, going on right now and imagine them as standard first run television programs. Is Game of Thrones any better with 22 episodes? Is Black Mirror even watchable? They haven't done 22 episodes of Black Mirror yet. Total. (laughs) Right. Right. And I don't think anyone will dispute that it is a... It is a classic of the genre that will be considered uh, amongst the very best of its of its era yeah. 50 years yep. from now. It's like the Twilight yeah. Zone now will be Black Mirror mm-hmm. in 50 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. shows are, are made better by being constrained. Mm-hmm. And so, Huck, to, to your point, in the Arrowverse, I think all of those shows would be better at... An order at a at a twelve episode order, rather mm-hmm. than a twenty two episode order, and certainly I thought that Jessica Jones, um, season two and season three, should have been three four episodes shorter. Yeah, right. Yeah, I felt like in the in the second and third seasons of those Marvel Netflix shows, they uh, they were yeah. just they they even at that length they were padded. Yeah, you know they 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 meandered too much. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I've been finishing up Gotham, 
mm-hmm. right? Season five is a prestige abbreviated season, and the storytelling is much tighter, yeah. right? So I think I think nearly everything you know uh, is likely to be improved. Discovery mm-hmm. is I think an extremely well made television program. Um, and if they could keep a showrunner for an yeah, entire well, season, that's that a that separate would, issue, would, right? That would certainly yeah. help. Yeah, yeah, season two. Yeah, I thought. Well, I mean, again, I thought the the emotional arcs were there. The plot was bailing wire, and don't don't pay yeah. too much attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, right. But that's okay. The emotional arcs were there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, and yeah. frankly, Huck, uh, uh, you know, Chris and I have. I think we're on record as saying Babylon 5 would be well served by being rebooted, retold in a prestige format. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the things that make the program problematic, to me, are going to be cut, you know, in a prestige format yeah. version. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't think that you need to add things to Babylon 5 to make it a better show. I think. No, it needs would, to be cut. I think you, it's it's through it's through pruning, yeah. Um, so, Chris, to that end, okay? Yes. You have the money and the means to mm-hmm. redo Babylon Five as a prestige format program, okay? Which okay. executive production team do you hire to do it? Okay, do you hire Ferguson Ostby, the creators of The Expanse? Okay. Do you hire our old friends Morgan and Wong, Space Above and Beyond? Do you hire Greg Berlanti of the Arrowverse? Or do you hire someone else? Uh, that, you know, I, I, I don't, I wish I knew more of my, of my production team. Well, you can talk about the show, uh, you know, or the universe if yeah, you wish. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I... Lindelof and Weiss? Mm, uh, no. No. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, having just watched Watchmen. Yes. Uh, which is a Lindelof production. Okay. Um, which we can talk about at, at another time. I have to see uh, it for us to talk about it. You have to see it. it. Yep. Uh, my final verdict is very good, but... Anyway, um, yeah, so I, I'm going to want someone who can going to want someone who can who can get who gets the kind of deep character advancement, deep character arcs necessary to tell the Babylon 5 story. Yep. But not make it soap operatic. So okay. In that sense, I think the um, the the uh, the CW Arrowverse model is out. Okay, uh, I'm not too soapy. I'm not a fan there. Too yeah. soapy. Okay. Too soapy. Um, I you know as much as I love Morgan and Wong, I haven't seen them really putting anything together in the last twenty years. Okay. So I'm not sure. I, you know, I'd, I'd call them in for a meeting, of course. Uh, I'm not sure on them. But you wouldn't hire them, probably. Probably not. You know, I don't know if they're even work. I don't know if they're even a working team anymore. Okay. Um, uh, 
That is an excellent question. I think I'm going to have to, I may have to chew on that one a little bit more. Okay. Um, definitely something closer to, you know, closer to the expanse, I think gets the balance of story, personal drama, action. It's, it's got the, it's got the right feel. Um, what about Brad Wright, who is responsible for Stargate and Travelers? Um, I love Travelers' um, yeah. ensemble. Yeah, the, the, yeah. That, that 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 was extraordinary to me. I never watched. This is this is a horrible, you know, nerd confession. I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of any of the Stargates. Oh wow! Okay. So, so I yeah, so you can't say um, I can't say based on that. See, so you're 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 calling me out on this here, and I'm not uh, I'm not able to sorry man to step up and perform. <clears throat> um, I'm definitely not going to go bad robot. Yeah, no. Um, or or make it like a Whedon thing. Uh yeah, we're 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 gonna we're not gonna go in that direction. No. So, yeah, uh, you know, let me think about it, and I'll I'll talk about it on our next episode. Yeah, I have one more question. I will save it for another time, as we're at one hour and twenty. Good lord. Okay, right, <laughs> um, folks. Um, I, I, you know, I, I I think I can speak for Chris when when I say we put an episode up. And then we get likes and we get feedback and you share us and you send us messages. And, you know, it's extraordinary uh, to to be able to build a community of uh, of people from whom I am interested in what they have to say every week and from whom I learn every week uh, about a show that is uh, that ended 20 years ago and that, uh, uh, you know, when we started this thing. Uh, it's like, well, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to a, a hundred. You know, maybe we'll get it done. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone will listen. Who knows, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, it's been, it's been a great journey, and we've got some work to do before we're done, and we're gonna keep at yes. it, folks. Folks, uh, give us your thoughts, share us your feedback, and we look forward to talking to you again next time. Uh, for the second part, as it were, of Tragedy of Telepaths. Thanks, everybody. Okay, cheers. Bye. Bye.